You're listening to the Heather Duplessy Allen Drive podcast from Newstalk ZB. ANZ on the subject of banks has apologised and given $19,000 to a woman who was scammed. The 82-year-old was tricked into buying almost $40,000 worth of gaming cards by fraudsters who were posing as ANZ staff. Now, the woman's son says the bank should actually bank should pay her the full amount because she was ripped off uh, because real bank staff in the story actually unwittingly gave some of her personal details to the scammers. Claire Matthews is a Massey University banking expert with us now. Hi, Claire. Hi, Heather. Do you think the bank should pay the full amount? I think there's certainly a question to be asked there. I think we need to have somebody have a look at it. The banking ombudsman is probably the best person to do that. But there's, there's certainly a question to be asked about exactly what the ANZ staff's role is and to what extent they contributed to it. Okay. Do we know? This is a tricky one, right? Because, Claire, we don't know everything. But let's just look at it in terms of what we do know. Is there any circumstance in which a bank staff member should give the, the, the woman's details to anybody other than the woman? Um, well, if the person that they were talking to appeared to be the woman and was able to answer all the questions that they were asking, then yes. Um, so that because then they believed that they were talking to the customer and didn't realise that they were giving the information to somebody other than the customer. Okay. That's, that's If that's what they believed. Is it material that the bank hadn't recorded the fact that the woman's son had power of attorney over her financial affairs? It's not obvious to me why that's relevant. I mean, obviously that's something that should be done. Um, I'm not sure whether that actually reflects or relates to the fact that when he tried to make inquiries after the event, he struggled to get responses because they didn't have that recorded. So I think that that's my perception, that, that that's probably about after the event as opposed to actually dealing with the event that happened. Is the $19,000 an admission of guilt? It's an admission that they contributed and that they did something that they shouldn't. And, that's, you know, it's nearly 50% of the loss. So it's, if they're not fully liable, then it's a reasonable contribution to be making. Do you think that given this, and this is, this is a subjective thing, Claire, given how much money banks make, that perhaps it would have been a smart move to just pay the lot and make the thing go away rather than us be talking about it today? Oh, absolutely. That would be the easy thing to do. But the problem is if they do that too much, then it gets around and then it it can have unintended consequences and they could end up with a situation where they were actually paying out a lot um, for different things because it was easy to make things go away. And so so there's there's a fine line to walk between making a payment to say, we'll make this go away and actually opening up a door to say, hey, just come to us because we make all this money so we feel guilty about that so you know we'll pay you out. I mean the thing is banks are pretty risk averse aren't they so if they thought that they'd done anything wrong they probably would have just paid up wouldn't they? Absolutely if they felt that it was totally their responsibility I'm sure that they would Mm. be because as I say it's worthwhile taking it to the banking ombudsman letting the ombudsman's office having a a look at it and saying was the bank liable for the whole whole amount um, or not. Are you feeling excited about the banking probe? Um, I wouldn't say I'm excited. I think it's worthwhile having because it might settle some questions, but I'm very concerned at the suggestion that it be a select committee inquiry. If it's going to be an inquiry, let's do a proper inquiry. Politicians are not the best ones to do that. 
No, no, too right. But in the end, Claire, you know, we can have the... I don't mind having a look. Let's find out whether they're ripping us off or not. But are you actually holding your breath for anything to materially change afterwards? No, no. Um, well, one, because I'm not convinced that they'll necessarily find anything. But um, I listened to what you were saying beforehand, and I agree that uh, it's unlikely that the bank, uh, that the government or the uh, any of the political parties will actually... Um, have a willingness to do anything substantial. Yeah. Claire, why is it, you're a banking expert, why is it that the banks here in New Zealand, the Australian banks, make 20% more profit of us than they do off the LZs? Well, it may just be that they're more efficient um, in terms of their operations here, um, but it may also be that um, the Australian banks, in terms of their Australian operations, are carrying some of the headquarter expenses because that's the head office and so the branches can make a little bit more profit because they haven't got those head office expenses. Claire, thank you very much. Appreciate it. Claire Matthews, Massey University banking expert. For more from Heather Duplessy-Allen Drive, listen live to Newstalk ZB from 4pm weekdays or follow the podcast on iHeartRadio.